Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We are diving back into the attachment series today, and we're going to discuss triggers for dismissive avoidant attachment, okay? So if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, at least listen to managing a dismissive avoidant attachment style because it's a foundation for this conversation we're having now. So if you haven't listened to that episode or any of the other attachment episodes, I highly, highly, highly suggest that you go back and listen to those and then come back. So today we're going to discuss dismissive avoidant attachment and what has a tendency to trigger someone with this attachment style. So in a quick review, someone with a dismissive avoidant attachment style has a tendency to freeze or flee, right? So we all have um, our flight, flight, or freeze response. And someone with a dismissive attachment style is going to have a tendency, again, to flee or freeze, okay? And that's going to come across as them shutting down. That's going to come across as uh, the cold shoulder. That's going to come across as them leaving the room, leaving the house, wanting to um, get out of the argument or get out of the environment where uh, they're experiencing their trigger, right? And this typically occurs when someone has had a parent or caregiver that has rejected them, um, emotionally removed themselves from the child, um, is misattuned with the child's emotional needs um, in spite of meeting their basic needs, okay, such as providing food and shelter. So, you know, it's not about blatantly being abusive or neglectful, but it's how this person has perceived instances with their primary caregiver in their early childhood that has kind of honed this dismissive approach because that's pretty much a defense mechanism, right? To avoid being hurt that they learned growing up, okay? So someone that is dismissive when they perceive, whether it's real or imagined, that's the thing, whether they perceive danger, they perceive a trigger, emotional threat, then it's going to lead to them acting out in this dismissive way, okay? So someone that is dismissive, um, is going to, and I'm going to do a whole series on dating people from different attachment styles, but they can be the type to text you all day long and be really connected and communicative. And then all of a sudden they go cold. Okay. And they are the type of person that will break up and break up with you or you'll break up with them. And they seem like they're just doing fine. It doesn't look like they're distressed. It seems like they're moving on so quickly, like they don't even care. And all of this, again, has to do with their defense mechanisms in helping them to preserve themselves emotionally, if that makes sense. So when we're talking about triggers for someone who is dismissive, 
any behavior that's perceived to be aggressive or violent is going to be a trigger, okay? So once again, real or imagined, it doesn't matter. You're like, oh, well, I wasn't trying to hit them. I wasn't trying to yell at them or something like that. It's real or imagined that can be what triggers someone that's dismissive. So um, we have to work around how we present information to our partners in order not to trigger them and for them to feel safe. And this is where relationships get really sticky because we have to really be careful about the dance we do communicating complaints so that they don't come across as criticism. All right. And this takes practice. No one is, you know, a master at this without practicing. Another trigger will be perceived or real neediness. Now, how do you define neediness? You know what I mean? And so this is a kicker. Typically, or there's there's a high likelihood that someone who is dismissive will be in a relationship with someone who is anxious. And guess what? That is like fuel to fire because those two attachment styles can so easily trigger each other that it can turn into a hot mess real quick. (laughs) So, you know, neediness, right? Someone who is an anxious attachment style might be perceived as needy or clingy to someone who has a dismissive attachment style. Knowing your own attachment style and having a basic understanding of maybe what your partner's attachment style might be helps you to use that data to interact differently with your partner in order to have an easier time together. It doesn't mean that someone who's anxious and someone who's dismissive can't be together. It just means that you have to maneuver through your relationship and through, you know, life's challenges in a way that's going to support you being able to uh, trigger each other less and respond in a way that's productive and helpful for your relationship more, okay? Now, one of the other triggers is when a partner appears to be unavailable for a certain period of time. Now, all of these are quite open-ended, so it's difficult to know. Is it 30 minutes? Is it all day? Is it, you know, how do we know? Each person is different. So it's the perception of the person that has the dismissive attachment style that is going to decide whether it's been too long um, that they felt like their partner has been unavailable. And then that could be a trigger too. So what do we do with all this information, right? Hopefully this helps for us to have a better context and understanding of the cycle that we've been in with our partner for however long that we've been together. And then hopefully it also gives an understanding that really everyone, you know, everyone has an attachment style and everyone is just doing their best to try not to be triggered, to try not to feel like they have to fight, flight, or flee. And it really just comes from a place of um, coping skills and defense mechanisms being fired off back and forth, as opposed to it being, oh, well, this person specifically knows that I hate when they give me the cold shoulder and they're doing it on purpose, right? So let's keep that conversation going, okay? Now, when someone who is dismissive has an issue, even with someone that is not their partner, it can be a trigger in your relationship, if that makes sense. So um, 
let's say they had a hard day at work and people were either demanding or um, they've experienced like they've had a threat at work, they might still be cooling down. Someone who is dismissive needs a cool down period. They might need a cool down period. Let me not make assumptions for people. And so by the time they get home, they might still seem cold. They might still seem detached or disconnected, but it could have nothing to do with you. It could be that something happened at work or a friend sent a text message that hurt their feelings or whatever. And that is what they're still cooling down from. Okay. Now, some other things that have a tendency to, uh, trigger a dismissive avoidant person are demands, right? Demanding that someone be with you, hang out, um, act in a certain way, fulfill a need um, might be a trigger. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't ask for your needs to be met. It depends on how you ask and when you ask and what that looks like um, that that person may hear you or may not hear you, right? Tantrums, um, when it seems like a partner is throwing a tantrum. You know what a tantrum is. Um, And that could be perceived as dismissive. Um, Sorry, that can trigger someone who is dismissive. Flakiness, like I said, with the unavailability. So inconsistency, right? Um, That creates a lack of trust or a lack of safety in the mind of someone who is dismissive. And so then they do what they know how to do to protect themselves in that situation, which is typically to flee or to freeze. Okay. Too much affection or attention can be a trigger as well, because that may not be something that they're used to or something that they are uncomfortable with. All right. And then being asked to word raw thoughts or emotions. So when something comes up, asking someone who is dismissive, well, what is, what happened or what's going on or how do you feel or what do you think? And asking or demanding that they answer these questions right away without the conversation around maybe needing a break or coming back to this conversation at a different time, that person might feel really pressured, um, unable to get out of the situation, attacked. They might go on the defense and then shut down or want to get out of the room, want to get out of the house, out of the conversation. And so those are just some things that I hope give some insight into what happens with someone that is dismissive when they get triggered, what it looks like, what those triggers are, and then maybe some ideas on how to manage those triggers um, if you are the person that is dismissive, right? Awareness is key. It's so helpful. It helps us to collect those little nuggets in our lives, that research, that data that's going to help us to make tweaks as we see fit so that we can experience more joy fulfillment and satisfaction in our lives, in our relationships. I hope uh, that that information was helpful and that you feel like you're learning as we go through these attachment series episodes. I want to thank Navy Brown 329 who left a review on Apple Podcasts saying incredible. Jacent has incredible insight on mental health, relationships, personal finance, entrepreneurship, and everything else in between. I haven't realized how much I didn't know about myself and others around me until I started listening to this amazing podcast. She's transparent and is willing to share so much with her audience. If you're looking for a podcast that adds value in every area of your life, then congratulations. You found it here. 
Thank you. You're a gem. And I will talk to all the rest of you gems next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.